Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear me, Jenny Scholick, in conversation with principal dancer Aaron Robeson. This interview was recorded on Sunday, February 24th, 2019, before a performance of Program 3, In Space and Time, featuring ballets by Helgi Thomason, Kathy Marston, and Harold Lander. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to this Sunday Meet the Artist talk. I know the doors just opened, so I'm going to let you all get seated while I do a little housekeeping and reminders of who we are and what we're doing here today. Um, as a reminder, this is open seating for this talk, so sit wherever you like, and you can find your ticketed seats um, after we end here. Um, so again, welcome. I'm Jenny Scholick. I'm the Associate Director of Audience Engagement here at San Francisco Ballet. I am super pleased to be here today with principal dancer Aaron Robeson. Yes, applause for those Thank of you who are seated. Um, just as you get settled, a reminder that these are these talks are part of our larger audience engagement programming. You can find a variety of ticketed events on our website under the um, events tab. Um, in terms of things we have coming up, what do we have coming up? We have a class called Exploring Rodeo coming up in a few weeks that I think will be really fun looking at both uh, the Justin Peck Ballet and the Agnes DeMille Ballet. So you can find tickets for that on the website. We also do podcast out um, all of our pre-performance talks, both these Meet the Artist talks and our Wednesday night points of view lectures. So you can find those on your favorite podcast player, wherever that might be, or on our website. So it feels like most of you are kind of here and we'll get going. I'm really pleased to be here today with principal dancer Aaron Robeson, who first joined San Francisco Ballet in 2016 and then returned to us this year. Uh, prior to San Francisco Ballet, he performed at the Birmingham Royal, Houston Ballet, and English National Ballet, among others. So really thrilled to get to have this chat today. Thank you. I think I should have brought my sunglasses, though. It's quite bright. <laughs> it is bright. It is. We've got these, like, lights beaming at us. So, um, you know, start with sort of a softball question. It's a Sunday, not quite morning, I guess early afternoon, and you're here with me. But if you weren't here with me, what would you be doing just about now? Well, probably just laying at home watching Netflix, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> any chance that I have just to lie down is uh, great. Um, yeah, because uh, with the schedule that we have, we literally are at the theatre at 10 o'clock in the morning till 10.30 at night. So, um, yeah, any chance I have um, to lie down is, uh, is great. <laughs> well, thank you for being here with me sitting up instead. Um, so, you know, said you were first here in 2016, and hopefully many audience members got to hear a little bit about you then. But I'd love to just start with kind of where you're from and how you found yourself here in San Francisco. Um, so I was born in Coventry, uh, which is in the middle of England. And uh, I started dancing when I was around six. Um, like most boys who get drawn into dance, it was because my older sister was dancing and I was just waiting around the studio. And uh, eventually they convinced me to have a go. And then 
I ended up dancing for this long, and my sister gave up a few years after, so I was like, great. Um, and uh, around the age of 10, my family actually decided to move to Spain because uh, of my father's work. He's a car modeler, and uh, he worked for Seat, which is a Spanish car make. And uh, I actually decided to stay in England because they have these uh, programs which is called Royal Ballet School Junior Associate Program which is basically for for children from the age of 9 to 11 which you can audition for and uh, I got accepted into that so I uh, wanted to stay back and uh, I lived with a family for a year believe it or not. How how old were you? uh, Nine. And my family moved away. So uh, already from a, a young age, I was already um, a bit... Committed. To yeah. This, a... um, but after that year, I found that it was too hard being away from my family. So then I moved to Spain to be with them uh, in Barcelona. And uh, I actually stopped dancing for a little while. Um, and I, I, I loved playing football too. So... Uh, you know, for we, we call that soccer here. Soccer, right? sorry, yeah, <laughs> soccer, um, yeah. And uh, I stopped dancing for a while, um, and it wasn't until I'd say maybe I was twelve, thirteen that my mum bought me a video of Nuria for for Christmas, and uh, I guess she wanted me to start dancing again. <laughs> because, <laughs> Little subliminal messaging. Yeah, that's when I uh, kind of fell in love with it again, and. Uh, we found this little school in Spain, uh, a British lady actually who owned it, and uh, that's how I started dancing again. And uh, when I was around 16, I auditioned for the Royal Ballet School and uh, went back to England and uh, trained in London for two years. And, uh, and then that's when I joined Birmingham Royal Ballet and uh, etc. the beginning of your That's the beginning of my professional career, yeah. Yeah. Can I ask what attracted you to San Francisco Ballet to come here? Actually, yeah, I missed a big part, actually. Um, so when I was around 14, uh, San Francisco Ballet were actually uh, touring to Barcelona, and they were performing Swan Lake at the Opera House. Uh, it's called the Liceo, a really beautiful theater. And uh, I even remember the three casts that were dancing. Uh, it was uh, Cyril Pierre, Lucia Lacara. Uh, Vadim Solomaka, Yuan Yuan Tan, and Tina LeBlanc and Roman Reichen. So I remember Amazing. all the cast, and uh, I w- they picked me to be an extra. And uh, right from then, I remember falling in love with the company and uh, the qualities that they had of just brilliant dancers. And uh, I, I, from then, I really felt like one day I would love to be able to dance for San Francisco Ballet even though it wasn't until much later on that it actually happened. But um, I feel like with life, sometimes it's like that, isn't it? So you yeah. just, yeah. Comes full circle, and yeah. here you are. Yeah. So speaking of being here, I'd love to talk a little bit about the season, where we've been, where we're going, um, what we're going to see this afternoon in Program 3 in Space and Time. So, um, you know, we started the season off this year with Don Quixote, and then over the last two weeks, we've seen uh, programs two and three, so two mixed reps. And you've been performing in three of the ballets, right, over the last... In two and three, yeah. Yeah. Apasionada, the fifth season, and Etudes. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering about kind of that transition into those ballets out of Don Quixote. Do you feel like starting the ballet with sort of a big classic sets you up well? 
to Gran Allegro, which is the big jumps and the fireworks at the end of, of class. And within that, you have all the different exercises we do. Um, the role that I perform is the turning boy, um, which is a, a very exciting part, I think, to watch for the audience because you have a, a segment where the boy is doing multiple fuetes with the six or four girls six. around him all doing it at the same time. And being uh, able to achieve that all together perfectly is um, it's quite spectacular if it comes off. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's it mostly comes classical off, right? ballet. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of effort and work and practice that goes into just being able to achieve that on stage, it's, um, it requires a lot. So, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll confess, I always, like, kind of hold my breath through that whole, every time I watch right. it, like you're yeah. on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, I first performed Etudes uh, in Houston Ballet, and uh, it's nice to be able to, again, revisit the role because, um, like, like I said, you can, you know, change, not change it, but you can approach it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Is, have you always performed the same role yes, in Etudes? Yes, the turning man. Yeah. Yeah, the other role is called the Mazurka Man. Um, maybe I'm not very good at Mazurka, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's sometimes like that. You just, they see you as a right for what role and, yeah. And um, the ballet was set here by repetitor Johnny Eliasson, um, who's a master teacher around the world, former artistic director at the Royal Danish, among other many, many accolades, great principal dancer himself. And he has a longstanding relationship with Houston Ballet. So did he also set it there? That's correct, yeah. Johnny, um, I met five years ago in Houston. Um, he's also a guest teacher around the world. He uh, teaches for the Royal Ballet, the Australian Ballet, etc. Um, he's very well known because of his ballet class and his coaching. Um, he has a very good, well-structured ballet class, very methodological about the exercises, and uh, they're very difficult. Um, so some days you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this today, but... <laughs> You know, because it's so difficult. Um, but he makes everyone a much better dancer for it. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, it's really great to be able to have him here. Um, I feel like the standard of the company will always be higher, being able to work with someone like Johnny. So we're lucky that he, he came. Yeah. So you said that Johnny's classes tend to be very difficult. I keep hearing from the dancers that Etudes the Ballet is very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of articulate for our audience what you mean by that or why? Like what about either his class or this because ballet, ballet is challenging? Classical ballet is Olymp Olympian. Like there's no maybe. Like if you fall out of a pirouette, you do, and you all see that. <laughs> and it's very hard to cover, you know, you can't, in a more neoclassical modern piece, if you fumble out of a turn or something, you can kind of blend it. But with the classical ballet and the white tights, you can't. There is, it's, you know, there's you a, there's a right and a wrong, it. and it's very Exactly, clear. yeah, you see if I fall out of it. Mm -hmm. So that's why it, it takes hours of repetition and, really working on the nuances to make sh make it feel like that you can go on there and, and deliver it with ease. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And I imagine that there's not just a physical preparation in that, but also a mental preparation. Can you talk a little bit about what you do to kind of get ready for something like etudes? Sure. Um, I usually always like to do... You mean just before the performance itself? Either before or the, the performance or in the preparation, the month leading up, whatever, however... Yeah. I mean, obviously, repetition every day is the key, but... You know, definitely on the day of the show, I like to... I personally love to do a whole class before the show itself. Like, I'll do normal ballet class in the morning with the whole company, and then I'll do my own class, say, an, an hour and a half, two hours before the show, so I feel really oiled up and ready to go. So there's no doubts in my brain. I feel, like, mentally ready and, uh, and calm, because I know I naturally have a lot of adrenaline when I dance. I'm like, here I am. <laughs> no, no, but you know what I mean. I need to feel that I can be calm before I go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, on the one hand, of course, the way to prep for a big classical ballet like this that's, that's so precise is, as you just said, ballet class. But do you do, do you cross-train? Do you do things outside of, of dance itself? Or do you really just stick with... No, I mean, I, I constantly go every week, uh, every week, when I can, but at least twice a week I'll go to, uh, it's a physical therapy place called Active Care, where I'll do all my exercises to strengthen my weaknesses that I have, or say previous injuries that I've had that I need to keep on top of. I also do gyrotonics during the week, um, and then if I have time I'll go swimming or yeah, I don't tend to do so much of uh, cross-training. It's just I don't know about the energy to do it <laughs> with like, all the... When, when yeah. would you have time, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but that definitely does help. All these different factors come together to help with your performance. So, um, yeah. Right. So I'm going to... I have kind of like one and a half more questions, and then I'm going to open it up uh, to audience questions. So I'm giving you this warning so that you think about it. We don't have to, like, sit here awkwardly while you contemplate. But if you have questions, I'll take them in just a minute. So my last one is, how has the move back to San Francisco been? Have you Has the rain made it feel a little more like London? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been raining a lot, hasn't it, recently? Um, no, it's been great, and uh, I'm really grateful to be back here, and uh, yeah, and I'm really enjoying uh, the season, and uh, yeah, I'm just grateful. So uh, we're all in, really in the season now, right? It feels yeah. like it's gotten intense, and we're all here all the time, but it's yeah. been fun. All right, so I see a question right here, yes. All right, so the question is, um, are there any ballets in, coming up in the season that Aaron's particularly excited about dancing in? Um, I'm really looking forward to dancing The Little Mermaid. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with John Newmeyer before, and uh, I really cherish every moment that I have to work with him in the studio. Um, I feel he's one of those special choreographers who knows how to really make you as honest of an artist as you can be, and uh, that's something that I feel I always take something after working with him. And uh, I, on a personal level, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm also really looking forward to the Shostakovich trilogy. Um, I personally love Shostakovich music. Um, I can listen to it 
without having to watch any dance. I just love it. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that too. Yeah. Just because I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about what other John Nomeyer ballets you've had? The uh, I've danced yeah. a Midsummer's Night Dream, and that was in Houston Ballet. Um, and I danced a Oberon in that ballet. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. I saw a hand. Yes, right there. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> I'm like, clap. So, wait, let me, let me repeat the question. So the question was, um, how does Aaron find it that uh, our audience tends to be very effusive and clap quite a bit throughout performances? Uh, does he find that annoying or is it energizing? Actually, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I feel like um, it does, it gives me, it makes me feel good. It gives me more energy. I mean, of course, sometimes in the, if it's, a little bit out of context, depending on what ballet it is, but I'm not going to say no to the clapping. <laughs> <laughs> is there someone over on this side? Yes, right back here. So the question is um, if he ever experienced any bullying or it's funny, whatnot actually, growing uh, up. In a weird way, not really, because I think they used to be slightly confused because I'd be in the park playing football with them, and I was actually, I was like a normal lad, you know, I had I went to normal school and uh, played football for the school team. And, and then I'd do, like, double tours, and they'd be like, what the bloody hell's going on there? You know? And I'd be like, yeah, I did dance as well. And I think they were just... I never really got bullied. I, if anything, when I was living in Spain, it used to be more the fact that I was English that I'd get bullied, more than the dancing. Yeah. Yeah, they were, el inglés este. Like, they always, yeah. <laughs> they used to call me giddy. Which is like, it's a name for someone who's like from abroad. I don't know how to quite translate it, but a giddy, a giddy, they used to call me. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, not really. I never really got bullied. It's good. It's a yeah. good thing. All right. Yes, right here. Uh, so the question is about schooling and kind of maybe if you could talk through how your academics played in with your dance throughout high school and no, beyond. Uh, at the Royal Ballet School, the upper school, from the age of 16 to 18, we had um, A-levels, they're called, and also a B-tech, which is basically a, a diploma in manage, arts management. Um, that was where my schooling kind of ended, to the age of 18. Yeah, and since then I've... You, you can do, though, uh, college courses... Uh, in this company. Yeah, we, um, so the, the Royal Ballet School, like a lot of the big state-run schools, you know, is essentially a boarding school that includes your high school classes um, as you're dancing. And then a lot of our dancers participate in a program through St. Mary's College, which is called LEAP, uh, which essentially counts your dance career toward uh, college dance credit so that you can graduate with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Dance um, while taking your academic classes kind of around your dance career. So that's an option for a lot of our dancers here. Yes, right in the back over here. Yeah, do you have a favorite part of ballet class? Um, when I'm feeling good, it's probably Gran Allegro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm not in too much pain, it's Gran Allegro. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, li I really like to, to jump and, and turn, yeah. It means the payoff at the end. Yeah, I also off. really love Adagio, though, mm. as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It just depends how I feel, but yeah. 
Well, every day is different, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's one of the things yeah. about dance. You wake up every morning and your body is a little different every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. And if your foot's hurting you one day, then you can focus more on your upper body and that quality. And, uh, yeah. Yes, right here. Question is about sort of nutrition and diet. Do you do anything in particular? Or? Um, not really, to be honest. I, tr- I mean, I try and eat as healthy as I can, but... Um, yeah, you guys have a lot of good burger places here, so... Uh, yeah. Right in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> and a lot of good food in general. No, I don't, but to be honest, I, if anything, I try and eat healthy just because it's good for prevention of injuries, etc. But the amount that we dance, you, mean, you need to get those calories in, you know? It's just, yeah, it really is like that. I think we have time for about two more questions, if people have them. Yes, right over here. Question is, how many hours do you dance a day? Maybe walk us through what kind of a typical. I mean, say, for example, when we are in the rehearsal periods, class starts at 10, but usually a dancer should get there half an hour at least before. Um, And then rehearsals will stem from 11.15 till 6.30. So, you know, yeah, at least eight hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're performing. Yeah, you're in the theater at 10, you're out at 10.30, so... Mm-hmm. It's a long day. Long day, yeah. Yes, right here. And so we don't see a ton of Ashton and Macmillan out here on the West Coast, but uh-huh. uh, very much part of the British uh, ballet canon. So the question is, during your time at the Birmingham Royal um, or the English National, was there any particular Ashton or Macmillan roles that stood out for you? Um well, recently with English National Ballet, we danced Song of the Earth, which is a Macmillan ballet, which is stunning. Um, and it's with live opera singers on stage. Um, the role I did in that was The Messenger of Death. But it's based on these poems, old Chinese poems. And it's basically the idea that eventually all of us, are, you know, are, we're going to die one day. But the the idea of that maybe there's something more mm-hmm. beyond. beyond. Yeah, and it's just very beautifully put together. But to answer your question as well, the Birmingham Royal Ballet, uh, Macmillan's Romeo and Juliet was always uh, a great ballet to do. Um, I mean, Prokofiev music, it's just uh, heart-wrenching. Um, it's like the best music in ballet, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that, those type of musics, they can... You have to see anything. It just makes you want to cry just listening to it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's my favorite ballet yeah. score, to be honest. All right, one more. I saw one. Yes, right back here. All right, last question. Any advice you would give to a young dancer or something you wish you knew growing up? Um, I mean, if you, if you love dancing, then I'd say just you have to go for it and, and work hard and... Be open to listening to people and listen to your mum. It's <laughs> no. a good one. I think all the mothers in the audience will like that one. <laughs> all right. So with that, listen to your mother. And I am going to let you all and Aaron go. Thank you so much, Aaron, for speaking with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for being here. And please enjoy the performance. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.